0: Welcome to Car Wash, the podcast, your source for real stories and real business insights from the experts, both in and out of the car wash industry. So put it in neutral, feed off the brakes, and take your hands off the steering wheel, because here we go. Here is your guide on this journey. Car Wash Magazine Editor-in-Chief, Matt DeWolf. Hey, everybody. Welcome to this episode of Car Wash, the podcast. This is the podcast that makes you a better car washer and a slightly better human being. Hey, this is your host, Matt DeWolf, editor-in-chief of Car Wash Magazine. And today we're going to have a fantastic conversation for you with Jeff Pavone from Amplify. Uh, we've got a lot going on in this industry. We're going to talk through what that looks like, what you need to be thinking about, how things are changing, and it's going to be really chock full of... Um, of great information for you to think about as you kind of take your business to the next level. So we're going to get into that in just a, a few moments here, but I want to tell you a quick story. So uh, a part of planning a big event like the Car Wash Show, which ICA does every year, uh, is going down and making sure that everything is is really ready to go for everybody, right? you got to make sure that um, you know the space, you know where everything's going to go, you do all your on-site planning we just got back from going down to Las Vegas and checking out the space for this year's show in November. And I got to tell you, it it threw me back uh, to the first time I went to a car wash show Uh, at the time. It was still called car care world expo. And uh, I remember walking into the space and in my, the back of my head, I'm thinking it's a car wash show. Like how, how much can it be? And I walked in and I just remember like the sense of overwhelm and awe of seeing all of the moving equipment, all of the lights, all the smells, and all the experiences that were kind of coming from that. And so uh, it threw me back to that. It was a little bit weird as we were standing in a completely empty Trecho floor because I don't think I'd ever seen the floor completely empty. Um, but guess what? It is going to be really full when we get there in November. So I'm, I'm pretty excited about that. So, Matt, what does that have to do with anything you're talking about today? Everything, friends. Everything. Because it's been two years since we've had um, the car wash show uh, that's put on by the International Car Wash Association. And in that time, everything has changed. Everything is different. Everything's changed. Uh, the players are different. Um, and so we're going to have this conversation today to help kind of get everybody grounded, figure out what in the world's going on. And then, you know, in November, we're all going to connect and have a good time. And we're going to um, spend some time. Relishing in uh, that car wash community that we all know and love. So, without further ado, I want to bring in I want to bring in our guest today, Jeff Pavone. Jeff, uh, let me get you situated here and get you off of mute because we want to hear what you have to say. Jeff, welcome to the program.
1: Hey, thank you, Matt. Uh, hope you're having a uh, lovely week so far. Uh, hey, looking forward to it.
0: Hey, you know, all weeks are good. All weeks are good when we're breathing, right? That's right. Well, Hey, uh, you've been around this industry for a little while, um, and, and, uh, have kind of done a lot of different things. Can you just give everybody, um, the quick version of your kind of path to where you are today?
1: Sure. Um, I actually got into this business almost a little over 20 years ago when I bought a couple of car washes and I realized the only guy that made any money was the broker. (laughs) (laughs) And so, that was sort of my my entry point. And I said, you know, I think I can do this. And uh, and we were really, uh, you know, uh, brokers of of automotive gas stations, car washes for for a long time, you know, maybe five, six years ago, as our clients started to grow and get bigger, we really didn't want to see our clients outgrow us. And so we made a business decision to expand into investment banking and add uh, legal investment banking as part of as part of the service that, that we did just so we did not out- have our clients outgrow us. And it proved to be a really timely move. You know, all of a sudden the car wash space uh, sort of grew up and uh you know there was no M M&A, Matt, there was no MA in car washing until recently. Uh and and so timing was good with that move and 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 we haven't looked back since.
0: Well, and it's funny, right? Because you think about um all of the other industries out there and and MA is nothing nothing new, but for us, it's very fresh. And it's, it's very fresh. And, and it's it's gonna be it's going to be one of the biggest challenges I think that we face in the next few years is figuring out how to navigate that landscape in a way that still um, makes you feel good about what you built, makes you feel good about where you're going, and makes you um, still excited about this industry in general. I think uh, I want to come back. So, talk about talk about Amplify a little bit. So you ended up you ended up going towards the brokerage side. Uh, why did you Why did you go that way? And what are you guys doing today? How have you kind of evolved?
1: Yeah. So, uh, maybe, a, a maybe a couple of years ago, uh, Bill Martin and I, uh, just had casual dinner and, and we're sitting there talking about it and we're, and we're in, and, and Bill, Bill obviously has grown up in this business and, uh, uh, has an amazing, uh, uh, track record and relationships. And we started chatting a little bit about it. We started, and, and we, and, and really what's happening is that the, the average operator that was mom and pop business, uh, People were becoming. This is becoming wealth creation, mm-hmm. and so you know, as we as we did our as we did our deal, and we had you know, you got Wall Street investment bankers who now want to get in the space and play in the space. I go, Bill, I says, at the, end of the day, these operators need somebody they can trust, and so that was sort of the hook to getting Bill in this and uh, joining Amplifies. That you know, I convinced him that the operators need somebody they can trust. We need somebody that that understands uh, what they're going through. Their business and so amplify was really born out of a a couple things one is we felt that we wanted to provide um, a trusted place for operators to get to get that investment banking m a services done that had the expertise on one end but also understood their business on the other end Uh, and we also wanted to look at you know we're long-term relationship guys so we really want to see how we can add value you know for today if for every dollar in the bottom line you can help somebody with that today is now you know it used to be worth eight times then it was 10 times 12 times now it could be 15 times so you know if, if you can help somebody you know you know pick up a uh, you know a, a million dollars of of that could be worth 15 million dollars in today's world a uh, lot of value creation so so we really did look at Amplify as being more of a full service team and we and we really brought on some 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 just absolute outstanding operators that that, that are best of class that can drive value to the operators and then on the flip side of it, we we help on strategy, but then we still have our brokerage side of it, which can help them grow and, and get bigger. And and maybe a, just a, a I'll take a two minute case study. You know, one of our biggest clients was Cobblestone. Cobblestone's a great chain that uh, we all know. And and I remember we've been working with Cobblestone for over ten plus years, helping them buy locations. Uh, we helped them with some financing along the way, and they didn't they never outgrew us. We move into our next market, and they wanted to get in Colorado and we're actively involved in helping them build out that that market. So, so it's it really is about building a model that um is more relationship driven. We never want our our, our client style grow us and we can stick with them for as long as they want us um kind of model.
0: Yeah, I love that. I mean, I think that um one of the things that has always been interesting to me about this industry is um you were talking a lot about this value of Uh, being the trusted advisor, right? And that's a principle that's been around for a long time, you you know, to be someone's trusted advisor is a different approach than, you know, chasing bottom line uh, revenue. But um, in this industry, in particular, at least from what I've seen over the years is once you become a strong, trusted partner for one group, all it takes is one group in this industry, you get legs because Everybody's talking to everybody. Everybody's pretty collaborative uh, right now in this space. And so um, that I really think that that strategy was huge for you all uh, to be that trusted advisor, to get in a little bit. And your case study with Cobblestone really just kind of showcases that, that they knew they could trust you. They they knew you at that point. You did some business, and now they're going to come back to
1: you. So we we actively today are working with probably 20 20- Percent or more of the top 100, wow. in one way or another. Yeah, and and we're finding that uh, to your point, the uh, the more value we bring to our to our clients, and we serve these people, right? We at the end of the day, uh, we work for them, we work for our clients, and and we care deeply uh, that they are telling people because now, I mean, we're at a point where um, we have an unbelievable pipeline of deal flow going on, and and it's it, it's all about uh, delivering. Uh, on your promises.
0: Yeah. Yeah. You got to, you got to do what you say you're going to do. Absolutely. Um, okay. So let's, let's dive into this concept a little bit. And we, we started off, uh, you talked about, um, how there was no M&A, right? Everything was really just real estate, real estate transaction. If you were going to exit this business, um, can you talk a little bit about, um, what that looks like today? What's that changing nature of transactions look like?
1: Sure. Um, maybe just a couple of just points to that. One is, one is you know, what what happened is in, in the old days, if you wanted to sell your car wash, you're going to get a phone call from a, maybe a mister. The mister is gonna call you and say, listen, Matt, we wanna buy your car wash chain and we're gonna give you $20 million. Well, the average guy doesn't know if that's a good deal or a bad. Deal. All only know is it's, it's a lot of money. And they say, it's a lot of money, I'll take it, right? Um, and what we've done is uh, we've wanted to uh, at least uh, make sure uh, you understand your, what your value is. So I think where it's changes, you know, we run a competitive bid process. So when we take a, a, chain out to market, instead of, uh, taking that first offer, you get on the table, we're going to run it against that bid process against now 20 people. So what the big thing, but the big change is, we now have maybe 20 buyers in the space, not one or two. Yeah. So, so, so competition absolutely provides you with, 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 I, I'll call it three different things. One, um, uh, you're going to get more money yep. if you if you run a competitive bid process. Two, there are flexible terms, and and flexible terms meaning, let's say you want to in in Mister's case a good example, they will only buy 100 percent of your company and you're gone. Yeah. Well, there's a lot of people in this business that love this business and they can develop their own markets and they want to stay in and go and grow for the next two three years, but they want to they don't want to sell 100, right? And they want to stay in and so. The, the, the options now on the table that we can bring, bring to operators, whether they want to sell minority or majority of their business, at least we're educating them what the options are. And there's phenomenal partners out there. And so that brings me to my third piece is culture. So we go price and, and sort of those terms and options yep. and then culture and in culture, it's kind of like, you know, when I meet with operators, my great operators, they have one thing in common. They love their people. Their people are everything right? They made them what they are today. And and you can see it when you walk, when you go through their company, when you go through their tunnel, you know, they got the smiling, well, they, that people mean something. So our job is to make sure we are introducing them to multiple potential partners. And, and because we have a lot of experience, we have more experience than anybody in the country at dealing with most of these groups, you know, our job is to sort of introduce them to the right fit that's going to match their culture. Um, and then they'll make a final decision. So I I think right now the 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 real you know changes in this market are one is you have a lot more choices, uh, you have a lot more buyers, so you have a lot more competitive bidding, yep. and, uh, and 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 the multiples have gone up. Yeah. <laughs> so so you know it, it, there's there's never been a better time as an operator to being in this business.
0: Well, the um. Yeah, you know, so that I'm I'm big on acronyms, so. Uh, what I heard you say was pricing, terms, and uh, culture, PTC. Is that right? Okay. We're going to stick with that. We're in PTC, pricing, terms, and culture, pricing, terms, and culture. I hear if you say it three times, pricing, terms, and culture, it'll stick. So (laughs) that's what what we're taking away here today. Um, I think that it's really important, honestly, like all three of those matter a lot. But one of the things that I saw this industry struggle with for a very long time was valuation. How much is it worth? How do I know what it's worth? How do we go there? Can you go more into that um, kind of comp- sure. like how you guys do that?
1: Sure. You know, first off, some, you know, something's worth what someone is willing to pay, yeah. And and, right. and you don't know what somebody's willing to pay uh, necessarily unless you run a, a competitive bid process. So you know, we 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 just had an example of a chain uh, last week. That had a that the the sellers wanted uh and, and I'm gonna get throughout some numbers, but they wanted 140 million, they wanted 140 million dollars, and that's the number they would take and, and move on. And it was a big number, right? Yep. Lo and behold, somebody came in and gave them that offer. Well, until they got another bid, and that other bid came in over 10% higher um than what they're asking, um, they didn't know they yeah. would have taken it. And so, you know, part of part of where where this is going is that Yeah, you know, if you're really wanting to know what your true value is, yeah, yeah, you almost have to run a process. And 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 the great news is the process today. You know, when you know that's another whole maybe question here is that the process of 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 going out to market today is is far less daunting than what you may think of because you know when you're doing you know when you're meeting with let's say a lot of operators would meet with one group, then another group, and then another group, and they're sharing information. That process could take forever. And you may never know which true true worth is. And what we do is we build a very thorough book. It's called the SIM. Mm-hmm. SIM is a confidential information memorandum. And so part of the 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 whole education in the in this space is teaching somebody the difference of a real estate transaction in an M&A transaction. In an M&A transaction, we're putting a book out uh, to the market. We're, we're selecting pre-qualified a buyer list mm-hmm. who are, who are under confidentiality. And that group will will look at the book and then they'll put in a bid. I, I can tell you, we can go from start to finish in selling a, a chain now, and they can do it in, in 120 days. Wow. Uh from start to finish, and 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 really sleep at night knowing that they didn't leave any money on the table, and they also be, were able to get the right partner, you know. And and then when you're running a competitive bid, math, you know, terms are a big deal. Yeah. And and if you only have one. One, one group coming at you and you're not using a, an advisor, you have no idea if those terms are good or bad. And so, you know, w- where we're at now is the amount of transactions that we're doing. We really do try to to uh, to work with their legal, work with their accounting firm, but because we have enough experience in deal flow, we can sort of walk them through a, a lot of those issues that are gonna be really important in a deal like this.
0: Yeah, and and especially as, the, um, as we've seen the maturation of this, Industry and the market in general, you are getting into the space where having someone like Amplify on your team is important to help you just navigate all this stuff. Because you can you can spend the time and you can try and do it, and more power to you if you if that's where your um, where your energies lie. But at the end of the day, that comes at a little bit of a price to uh, running your operations and building your team and doing all the things that you do every day that made your company attractive in the first place. So I'm a big fan of like, look, go out and get a partner to help you do the things that you don't do best. Uh, and I I mean, I think Amplify does a really nice job here of being able to, uh, marry people together and get, and just present options, right? That's, that's the, that's the key. Here are the options. If I don't know, I want to exit even, or if I don't want to exit and I'm getting all these calls and I don't know what to do, I need somebody to help, like, just, just lean on, Uh, you know?
1: Well, well, it, it's interesting because everybody's gotten calls. Yeah. There's nobody that I talk to that hasn't gotten phone calls. And you know why they're getting phone calls, Matt? Because at the end of the day, if you take that phone call with that one group and you say yes, and they meet with you, they're charming. They're all charming, man, up front. And But you still don't have, you don't know what you're getting in bed with. And at the end of the day, you will never know if it's the best deal, but they all want to get there. The, the last thing they want to hear and and again we have great relationships with all the buying community but the last thing any of them want to hear is uh ah, we signed with amplify why <laughs> because they know it's going to be competitive yeah. and they know they're going to have to pay a fair price and and it is o- it is almost never the case that they will not get more money but but just importantly like you say managing the the time of of telling the story so when we go into a market we will um we will build a story of of how to build value and that could be taking a chain, looking at the greenfields, looking at other, the other competition, we may put two or three deals together in a market to make it way more valuable as a market. The the other thing is on the diligence side, you know, we've got secure data room. And and I think as a firm now, we're up to almost 20 people, but we've got investment bankers, we've got analysts. I mean, it is a daunting task to to go through a diligence process if you haven't done it before. And so when you see a diligence request coming out, you can have a hundred items and saying, man, and, and so our job is to really navigate through that, let them know what, uh, what we're willing to provide, letting our clients know uh, what to expect, uh, but, but really taking that burden and managing that off is, is, is really a big deal.
0: Well, okay. So lots of, lots of things that we could talk about in this space, but I think, um, where I want to go next is talking a little bit about as things are changing, there are, but the landscape is changing for the smaller shop, right? If you've got five to six locations, um, you're gonna start getting some phone calls. You're gonna start having to make some decisions about where you wanna take your business. Where do you see this going? I mean, it, do, are, do we need to be in a space where we're either growing or we're exiting?
1: Yes, yeah, I mean, I, I think uh, you're going to see, first off, I, I can tell you in the last six months, the acceleration of money pouring in the space, is dwarfed anything that we've ever seen. I mean, forget the first half, the last year, whatever it was, this second half, um, it is a record pace of money being poured in this. And so it, I, I think you've, you really got to look at your own individual chain. And again, if you're a crew car wash, I don't think you have to worry about competition coming in. You don't have to worry about private equity because you own your market. Um, you just need to continue to just you know focus on doing a good job for your customers and you'll be just fine but there's just not a lot of those guys out there. And, and if you're in another market and they're, and they're, you've got a market where you can continue to build greenfields and you've got competition that's well financed with private equity, you gotta know that they're coming. And so that becomes a, a, a whole different situation. And, and that operator better really think long and hard about what it's gonna be like as competition comes all around them, the, some of the funds gonna be gone. So unless you have a completely defendable kind of market, uh, you, you, you got to look, you got to think really serious about what you're going to do. The other, p- the other part of it is, depending on your age and where you're at in the cycle, you know, let's say you're really going to be exiting in the next couple of years because you have no succession, you're a little up there in age, you know, there's no guarantee that these were these multiples today are outrageously great, right? You I, we, we, in our lifetime, we may never see this kind of uh, opportunity again, to exit at these kind of numbers. And so if somebody thinks that it can last forever, uh, you know, if you live long enough, you'll see cycles and the cycles come and the cycles go, it could shut off overnight. And, and a, and, a, and a, lot of the drivers that, that, that we see that's pushing the market to be so hot is because it was so fragmented, right, Matt? So very fragmented, but, but it's becoming less and less fragmented in regions. And, and we got a lot of regions that are, that are now becoming, you know, well capitalized and, 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 and starting to get very mature. And as that happens, um, the chain that you know the, the, the chain that was once really valuable becomes a lot less valuable if it's strictly more of an add-on and not really becoming, you know, the centerpiece of of what 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 a group's going to want to do.
0: Yeah, and as the, and as those um regional groups get larger, it's like you're you're just going to have this roll-up effect, right? The re, the regionals are going to get larger, so then when you acquire when a larger group above them acquires a regional, then they've grown exponentially and they've grown and they've I mean it's like it's like, it's like the Wayne's world scene when like the heads are going everywhere, you know?
1: Yeah. Well, here's the real, here's the reality, right? If, is the multiples go up, greenfields become way more intriguing to yeah. to private equity. Yeah. And so when you look at the, again, the misters of the world or drivens of the world or, or goes or some of these other groups, you know, before they were just buying, buying, buying. Well, I got to tell you today, it's going to be, you're going to, you're going to see the trend going to build, 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 because if you can build something for five or 6 million, you know i don't want to pay 15 million dollars i'd rather build it and so you're going to find that the you're finding it already the accelerated path of of building greenfields is just uh, just just exploding yeah i mean because if, of that reason
0: if you ever wanted to switch your focus and maybe maybe really get if you're not in this space if you really wanted to get into maybe installs uh, it might be a might be a good time to do that
1: <laughs> these guys are all busy
0: yeah no doubt no doubt um, okay so wh- I want to get to something else on this front you were talking about how you know this can't last forever obviously it can't um how long do you think we have here if we're in a baseball game what ending are we in
1: you know um i you know i used to think that we were uh, in further ahead until recently mm-hmm. you know the one the the, the one an and intriguing factor in all this is uh how much demand there is for car washing from the consumer and and when you look at uh Phoenix is a really mature market with lots of car washes. Everybody's still doing very well, yeah. and the numbers are going up. And so I, I think one one thing that that might help tell that story a little bit is we, we haven't yet figured out how much car washing the consumer wants, but we underestimated that number. I think that number continues to surprise people. You know, I've, I've watched uh, uh, people build down the street from one another, and yet uh, they take a little dip down, and the next thing you know, their numbers are going back up and so what's which, which really i've uh, been been cool to watch is just the the, the numbers start to gr- keep growing you know uh, again i know of car washes now doing 60,000 washes a month in one location uh, i know car washes now that have you know you know 10 15,000 memberships at a location you know that's game, these are game changers and 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 we're just figuring out how to you know where, where is the where is the top? We don't know where the top is. So as long as that keeps that trend keeps happening, I, I think it's all about um uh, the the customer and, and convenience. And so if we make car washing really, the more convenient we make it, the more car washes people get. So so from that perspective, I think we've got a long way to go. Maybe we're in a third inning, right? Yeah. I think we've got a ways to go before we can fully scratch that itch of just how much demand there is out there. On the on the flip side of it, you know, um money's money is fickle right now there is more dry powder with private equity groups than ever it's it's record amount of money sitting there and and car washing has proved to be a reliable place to put this money because of of the reoccurring member reoccurring revenue with memberships and and here's what here's what can change though all we have to have is a failure or two so if you find one of these larger platforms uh make bad decisions and then fail all of a sudden there's a there's a herd mentality uh in the financial worlds. And all of a sudden they start pulling back, having a little caution, and the private equities do, the lenders do. And all of a sudden it becomes a much more conservative approach to growth in this space. So, so it's it's really gonna be hard to predict what any of it is. I, I think there's a lot of growth yet in the car wash space to be had. Um uh, But, you know, certainly, you know, next year should be another phenomenal year. Uh, Tax laws could could impact that, though. If they if they change modestly, we're okay. If it changes drastically, nobody's going to want to sell. So that could impact things. But but I really do think a lot of it's going to depend on uh, on, you know, assuming we continue to get good results, uh, assuming like Mr. You know, and driven have gone public and Mr. Stock that performs well. So the larger the larger players will see an exit strategy yep. uh, that will be that, that, that can pay off really nicely. But but if we see some downturns in some of that, it, it, it doesn't slow down. It can it can it can go from slow to off yeah. overnight.
0: <laughs> well, okay, so let's talk about that a little bit. I want to know like, it, if right now it feels like it's really hard to mess it up, right? It's like you you get a good location, you build up a membership base. And you're you're gonna probably do okay as long as you're you're um, kind of meeting meeting the requirements of a clean clean dry shiny car right like in the most for the yes. most part you can do okay. Um, as we start to grow and mature, what are the things we need to be watching out for? Is it primarily um, you know oversaturation? Is it um, growing too fast? What are some of the things that could start us tumbling backwards down this hill?
1: Well, I mean. First off, I think the car wash business is—we're still learning yeah. and it's evolving, right? And I think technology is going to be in things like AI. That you know, I've done—I've sat in through some some sessions now, getting into AI and, and, and the data side of the, our car wash business is going to continue to enhance uh, the bottom line and and make these make car washing even a better business to be in. And and I can tell you, there's a lot of thought being put into that now and you'll see things roll out over the coming year. And and so there's a lot of upside. I I think where where you'll find uh, some of the people going downhill is that the competition is gonna be much better and much well-funded. And so so the the groups out there, the regional groups, even the national groups that have uh, marketing and, and, and different teams that really will be able to take advantage of data And and driving more members to their to their cluster of car washes, uh, they could put they can absolutely again, if you have a chance to go to one of 30 car washes and and you see this, this, this brand that's marketing on TV and the radio and doing social media, and they've got all kinds of, of, of things that you can't do as an individual operator, that's when you're going to see a downhill slide. And it's coming. It's it's I mean, we're seeing, you know, I'm watching regional chains that used to be, you know, 10 10 locations was a big deal. You're you're gonna find multiple chains, uh, individual regional guys that will be 60 locations going in the next year, 70 locations. Um, and and the in the in the faster they get there, they'll go to hundred soon. Yep. And so we're gonna see some behemoth regional players. That, that will absolutely put a world of hurt on some of these smaller guys because they can't they won't be able to compete with the with the with the services and the technical expertise that they can that these bigger chains are hiring uh, to drive volume.
0: Yeah, I mean that's the that's the other side of the hill, right? I mean once you once that momentum gets going, it's and once you've once you've really figured out your process and your operations and how to scale up, you you can scale really fast. Um, which is
1: good and bad. Really, you, it took it, like when I look at this, uh, it, it 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 takes most chains, you know, and I call it ten years to get the five million yeah, of EBITDA, yeah, yeah. right? And then, but the, to get five to ten, they did it in half the time. Well, when they go, to, they get the ten to twenty million of EBITDA, they can get net in half the time. I, and I can tell you, when you start getting that kind of cash flow, you can hire the aid team, uh, in in, in your in your organization. And all of a sudden, you got a real estate team, right? You got a marketing team. And all of a sudden, you're not building one or two or three, you're building 10 at a time, and 20 at a time. Uh, All it is, is, you know, you've got that cash machine going. uh, And you can you bring on that kind of a a team. It's the the growth is just going to be insane. And we're just starting to see uh, some of these chains really uh, blow it out. And so I think that's what you're going to you know what, what we're going to see, you know, over the next 24 months, is some of these regional changes going to go get so big, it's going to be really hard for some of these smaller guys to, to compete.
0: Yeah, and it's going to, I think, is going to drive uh, a a totally different dynamic for those smaller groups because look, like, not everybody's going to sell. I mean, that's pe- right. People are going to stay in the business and they want to be their own and they want to have their own thing, um, and I, they're going to niche down into something else. Maybe it's uh, maybe it's full service operations. Maybe it's maybe they they really switch hard towards detailing. I don't know, um, but th- those are still going to be there. But I I mean I'm I'm fascinated by the exponential growth that we've been seeing. And every time I talk to somebody new, it's like, oh, how many locations are you at right now? And they'll you know, oh, sixty. Okay, well I thought you were at ten. <laughs> like you know, it's like literally I thought I am ha- having conversations with people that in m- in my uh, old industry brain. I'm like, oh, they're probably like six or seven, and they're like, Oh, 30, oh, 40, oh, we're at 70. So it's uh, it's
1: it's it, happening if, fast. If you, if you look at the uh the the uh top 50 car wash chains in the, in the country, you didn't see a whole lot of i mean, big numbers changing, yeah, uh, for, uh, forever. Yep, just mark it down, go look at it in 12 months from now, and you're going to see an unbelievable shift, and, and the numbers are, are going to grow, um, at a pace. That it, that, that it may have taken them 10 years to get growth. It's, it's happening like overnight. Yeah. They used to and just, so. they used
0: to just tick up and now they're, now they're yeah. frogging. It's crazy.
1: Right. Um,
0: let's, I want to come back really quickly to this concept uh, that you threw out there because it, we, we sort of breezed past it, but I think it's something that everybody's really interested in. It's this concept of um, oversaturation, overbuilding, you know, this, this idea that in this industry for a long time, there was kind of a gentleman's agreement to like, gentlemen's or gentlewoman's agreement to not, um, build too close to one another. But if you, if you think about other retail organizations, like Starbucks, CVS, Walgreens, they, they have no qualms (laughs) going really close. What's the, what's the thinking there? And you got into this a little bit with incidents, but what's the thinking there?
1: Yeah. So, so there are no rules anymore outside the, the only rules that exist now is it's, it's the build your own footprint. Yeah. Right. So, so you could, uh, and again, Phoenix has a couple of behemoth chains here, and they're, they're, they, they used to care about each other. They cared about building out their footprint to serve their own customers because at some point you're going to be a customer of, of, of A or customer of B. And so if you've got, if both got 40 locations, you, you're going to, you're going to go to where you, where you could get your car washed, uh, uh, most conveniently. So I think people are more concerned about building out their footprint. The, um, you know so from that standpoint you're going to find that there are no rules uh, I, I have i have multiple people out there chains that are looking to build you know it used to be five six now it's i've got multiple tell me you're going to build 100 in a year right <laughs> and i can't tell you that's that's feasible yet but but they're certainly trying and so there's there's at least a handful of groups out there that are going to be building and building on a national level yeah. and so so from that standpoint there are no more rules it is all about building out your own footprint and the and the and the return on investment is so big, you know, when you can build at a, you know for five or six million and you're selling at, you know, you know, 12, 13, yeah. 14, 15 yeah. multiples, it's, it's, it's the money's just too great to say, sorry, Matt, we're not going to build there. Now, on the flip side of it, the, the interesting part about it is, again, to the Starbucks uh, uh, deal you know, Starbucks will build across the street from another Starbucks and there's lines in both of them, Why? Because we just made it more convenient for if there's enough people and enough density, Mm -hmm. there's just, uh, there's going to be a demand and we're creating more demand. So with car washing, um, you know, it's, it's, when you go into some of these markets and you only have a few express car washes, their volumes are lower than if they had 30, for instance, because the, what, what, what has to happen is the, 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 the consumer has to be educated on what one is in the first place. And the minute, they get educated. Uh, you'll find that everybody, uh, assuming it does, it does a good job, uh, but everybody's got five minutes and everybody's got twenty bucks a month, uh, and you'll you'll find that the you'll find whole communities um, getting their car wash. You know, we've got some some of the highest volume um, car washes in the country are in towns of fifty thousand people. Yeah, you know, how is that possible? And they got car washes across the street. And so, you know, I I think the saturation question, uh, really, we I think we're a ways away from uh, uh, saying that we're saturated. I used to think, you know, we, we had a lot of markets where people say it's becoming oversaturated. Yeah, right. <laughs> and, and, and but we're watching people build more car washes in those same exact markets, and the volumes keep going up. And so, you know, I I, I think it's it's becoming oversaturated for smaller uh, groups or having. Having assets in, in 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 a wash that may be uh, less desirable to a customer, I think that they're going to demand a certain brand yeah. and a certain quality car wash, and 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 for that for that guy, uh, saturation is a long way off. It becomes for the guy that has an inferior product and service. Um, and and if I moved into your neighborhood with one of my car washes, uh, that guy's got a that guy's going to have a real problem.
0: Yeah. Yeah, there's no room. There's no room to be um, operating at a less than less than excellent level. That's for sure. Consumer,
1: you give consumers a, ch- a choice, and again, if they can have a good cup of Starbucks coffee in every corner, they'll they'll, they'll be just fine. But but you know, uh, and the same thing with car washing.
0: Yeah, well, I love the I love this idea. I think that that's been missed quite a bit. I love this idea that we don't actually know what consumer demand is because uh, there aren't enough car washes. That's a completely counter argument that. that what you will often hear is like, no, we have plenty. We're good. We don't need more. It's going to get oversaturated. Well, maybe, maybe, but I'll tell you what I'm, I'm in this industry and I don't wash my car nearly enough because guess what? It's too hard for me to do it on a regular basis within my little community. There aren't I, enough washes.
1: I, I I'm this bad on the same way I got car washes uh, close to me and and they're okay. Convenience wise, yeah. but there's a new one opening five minutes from my house. I can tell you, I'll be there at least once, twice a week, Yeah, you know? And so that's the, I guess the point I'm making and, 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 and the more clean, cars, shiny cars you have in a neighborhood, everybody will get a clean, shiny car. Yeah. And so <laughs> uh, I, it, we're, we're a long way off from figuring out just, I think uh, just how, how big this industry is going to be, but, but it is, but it is becoming, you know, not for the timid because the costs are going up yeah. and you know, what used to be four, you know, it used to be 3 million, three and a half million to build a car. So I know it was 4 million. Then, then, you know, 5 million was, was absurd. You know, now, you know, it could be the average $6 million. So, so you better know what you're doing when you start spending that kind of money to, to build a wash.
0: Yeah. And, and I think, I think it's going to be increasingly important that you really do have a niche. I mean, you got to have a thing. And if you, if you don't, you might want to think about doing something else. That's right. It just, I mean, it just it's going to, it's going to be hard. You gotta be, you gotta be ready for that. Um, Last thing I want to, I want to talk about um, just briefly here, and then I'll let you get back to the, to the business of uh, helping people uh, navigate this whole thing. Um, Tell me what are the most, what's the most important thing if if I'm in this business and I'm thinking about, should I grow or should I exit? What's the most important thing I need to be looking for um, either future or right now? Like what do I need to be doing for myself to make sure I can make a really smart decision?
1: So, so if you're thinking of growing, I think you got to look at a few things. You got to look at certainly the, your, your competition and your, your own air and backyard. And so, in, if you have uh, several well positioned, uh, well financed chains or private equity groups and you're, you're the lone ranger, I, I would say, I would think long and hard about um, staying in and uh, staying in alone. It just becomes, it becomes a daunting task and a whole lot less fun when you got guys building all around you. Yeah. On the other hand, if you've got a really good model and, you're, and you've got a great thing. So so to grow, it's all about, you know, making sure that you've certainly got the right uh, a trade area that, that you can continue to, to grow. Having the right team is critical in today's world. And I mean, before you, know, you had operators that did everything themselves and, and this was becoming way more specialized as a business. And so, you know, if you're if you have a really good bench, you have a, a good CFO, you've got a good operating people, you've got maintenance people, you've got a marketing team um, and, and you've got a, a lot of greenfield uh, space ahead of you where you can continue to develop out, uh, you absolutely positively should stay in and continue to think about growing. And there's great partners that would love to do that deal. Uh, but but if, if if you've got people closing in all around you, you really need to think long and hard about. Uh, because all of a sudden your your value of your business can drop overnight, and and so if you lose you know call it five hundred thousand dollars of EBITDA because somebody's moved close to you, that can cost you five six million dollars. Yeah. That's a lot of somebody's net worth, right? And so I I think that's a big factor. The other factor is just where where are you personally at in your in your succession plan? Yeah. And so a lot of these guys, if you if you're young enough and you got kids in the business and you want to continue to grow and and you, and you do have you're in a in a market where you can you can own it or or control your at least your little world, it's okay. But if you're let's say you're 60 years old and thinking you got no session plan and you want to get out of this thing in the next couple of years, you know, we don't know what two years brings from us right now. All I can tell you is today, uh, we're at record uh evaluations. Yeah and so you may want to think twice about you know staying in it for that last year because you know you know sometimes we can be a little greedy when in our thought process and that breed might come back to bite you. You know, I, I come out of the internet world and I remember I own some of the largest domains in the country. And I and and I have people, we have people throwing money at a Siri .com like this, and overnight it was done. It yeah. was gone and it was pennies on the dollar. And I'm not saying that's gonna happen in this business, but but I can tell you right now these these valuations are being driven up because you uh, you got a lot of dry powder once you get into space. But I can tell you that doesn't last forever.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it's like the it's like the um you know the professional athlete or the the great um, the great singers wh- whatever your, your thing you're into you want to you want to go out when you're on top,
1: right? <laughs> well, I mean you it, it, and, and that's really hard for people to get right yeah. at the end of the day. You know, you had a lot of people second guessing every cycle, saying I should have sold when we're uh, and and you can't really predict when 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 the peak is there. All I can tell you is that if you look at your own personal situation, say. This is life changing. This this takes care of me, and yet you really do want to get out in here too. I I wouldn't wait for that last nickel yeah. because that may not never happen.
0: Well, the the fortunate thing, I mean that it's a little bit of a that's a little bit of a downer probably for some people who might be listening, thinking, "Man, I don't want to sell my business. I really love this space." Here's the here's the really great news. There are tons of opportunities out there with platforms. Uh, that are doing things in the, in different ways to be able to kind of either keep you in the business like we had talked about earlier. Um, if you don't want to get completely out, that's cool. They'll There are groups that are open to that. There are groups that will just, you know, buy you and say, you know, thanks for building a great thing and hope you have a great rest of your life. Um, so there are lots of options. Uh, and I think that that's, that's, Jeff, what you all do is help people navigate those options, right?
1: 50% of our deals, uh, somebody stays in. Yeah. of our deals. And, uh, you know, uh, it it really comes down to, you know, you know, who you are, which what's motivating, what's driving you, uh, what are your goals, you know, and, and, and the great thing about it is if they stay in, they can get a second bite at the apple. So if they're worried about leaving money on the table, you know, an option could be is, you know, you sell maybe 60% of the company at a at a a really favorable uh, valuation today, they stay in. Now you have new, you have your financial partner come in, get rid of all your personal guarantees. Yep. They put in a credit facility to help you go build a bunch more car washes. And then maybe you go sell at a higher multiple and, and you end up making, you know, far more money, but at the risk, at the risk. And it also gives you the, the, the firepower to put behind you. So you can continue to grow market share, uh, without, without stressing.
0: <laughs> Great option. That's huge. I mean, yes, please right
1: <laughs> yeah no i mean uh, that's why the, the the options are getting so uh there's so many great options so whoever whoever you are out there i mean it's really go get yourself a professional that that, that knows the landscape knows the partners knows the options uh so so because one shoot doesn't fit all everybody everybody has a little bit different needs uh and so understanding that that's sort of what we we do best i think is because we're we're involved with so many uh uh, uh, deals, you sort of know what's, what, what the options are, but, 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 but I could tell you there, there, there never been more exciting time to be in the business. Never been a more exciting time to have, you know, right now the buyers, the sellers are in a driver's seat, not the buyers, the sellers are in a driver's seat and they have, uh, they have a lot of people chasing them. So, you know, why not really fully understand what, what, what's all out there?
0: Yeah. That's, you know, the, the thing that I think is most exciting is that, for a long time, there's been this conversation around, you know, w- with all this private equity money coming in, what's that going to do to the industry? What's it going to do to the, c- the culture and the community of the industry? And I think at the end of the day, you can't really, you can't, that won't go away. You can't take out the entrepreneurial spirit that built this whole thing. And I think that your example about um, people, you know, maybe selling a little bit and staying in and the fact that Amplify has 50% of their deals with the, uh, the individual staying in the business, in the industry, that's proof. I think that, uh, the, the entrepreneurial spirit and the thing that we all love about the people who are in this industry is going to be here for a long time.
1: I, I agree, man. I totally agree.
0: Well, Jeff, I am so thankful to have had you on the program today. I love, uh, love talking about this stuff and, um, thanks for sharing some of your story and some of your, your thoughts with us.
1: I Matt mean, thanks for the opportunity. appreciate it and uh, you have a great weekend.
0: yeah, you too. Hey if you guys are listening to this, make sure you subscribe to the podcast wherever it is you're consuming your podcast content and uh, until the next time my friends when you're out there keep it clean. Car wash the podcast is your source for real stories and real business insights
1: from the experts. both in and out of the car wash industry. Our show helps investors, owners, operators, and managers think about ways to enhance their business. Our podcast is a free on-demand audio program that provides information on the latest trends impacting the industry, tips from successful industry leaders, and inspiration for our listeners.